Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 247 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? Joe, I am 1,000% convinced that all of those, like NyQuil, DayQuil, Mucinex, any of that garbage that claims that it fights symptoms of being sick, it's all an opportunity. Because it doesn't matter how much you take, how often, you're going to be sick as long as you're going to be sick. You're, I think you have to take them all at the same time. Well, I throw them in a blender with some bananas and some scotch, you know? See, that's the bananas slowing you down, but I get why they're in there. The scotch heightens it. I think if you did the rocks tequila, (laughs) I think that energy, it activates the electrolytes that are in those things. Oh, and that's the problem. All my electrolytes are dormant. Right. Um, so yes, so I, I had been tipped off ahead of time that you might've been not feeling well, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, not to throw LeVac under the bus. I'm not going to, but I I do not have COVID. So that's a positive that I came back from Sokols without COVID, but I got the indie wrestling equivalent of con crud. Does that have Mm. a name? Uh, con crud is good. All right, yeah, I got indie con crud, and uh, I've just been slowly dying a long death over the ever since. Like I was fine the day after Elvac, and that, but since then, uh, yeah, it hasn't been a pleasant day, couple days. Now I've talked to a lot of people that were there in a variety of capacities, and you're the only one who got sick, right? Yeah. Well, I now, mean, I gave out a bunch of sweet soul kiss or deep soul kisses. So did I. I always do. Oh, maybe we were, I was just kissing the wrong people. I think that might have been what it was. Now, I understand that you might have also been drinking. Is that correct? Yeah, but I drink all the time. Okay. I like all know, the time at these shows. Right. I know what did it, Adam. What's that? I, for, I and listen, I, I don't want to blow up your spot or anything, but I saw you eat food in public for the first <laughs> time uh, in forever, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've eaten other times we've gone out after LVAC shows. I've just skipped the after party a bunch of times recently. Right. So the fact that you ate at Denny's is more than likely your problem. Yeah. Um, again, you have to have like an iron constitution <laughs> and a steel will to eat Denny's food that late at night. Like the human body is not meant to consume what Denny's makes as food that late in the evening. You might have a point because it's been like at least two months since I've even eaten past like 6 p.m. Right. That's what it is. My body went into shock from eating eggs. Well, listen, it's it's the way they prepare things. Even I said no thank you to the second uh, fried chicken patty (laughs) smothered in sausage gravy. I did put the sausage gravy in a little cup to drink on the way home. With the straw. With the straw, yeah. Uh, but it was Denny's. Um, that's 100% what it was. Not a sponsor of the show, so I could shit all <laughs> over, right? That might be it. Yeah, that's where my wrath is, is going to go now. So avoid Denny's at, yes. you know, post-wrestling shows. So did you have a good time? Did you enjoy the show uh, this past week? Oh, 100%. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it during our talking points. But uh, it was good seeing Brett and DJ and Kenny and Jenna and Doug and you, obviously, and I uh, saw the boar and uh, a lot of other people. And, you know, always a good time at Sokol's. And uh, I thought that this is, again, I'm not a shill. I'm not on the payroll anymore. I thought it was one of the better shows in a long time. 
For sure. And you said you want to talk about in talking points. We'll get to it in talking points. Uh, let's get the show on the road. How about that? We'll do it. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Now, again, this is not going to be the short, short, short version of the show, but we are going to breeze through some things uh, just for the interest of Adam's illness. I appreciate that. Um, and we are going to bounce around a little bit. We're going to kind of go backwards with this day in wrestling history. So this day in wrestling history, 21 years ago, was the Ring of Honor show Road to the Title. Um, this was the first Ring of Honor show I attended live, and it made me a fan for life. Okay. Um, there's some clunkers on this show for sure, uh, but you have the first ever Spanky versus Paul London match. You've got uh, Doug Williams versus Jay Briscoe. You've got Jody Fleisch versus Johnny Storm, which was like a tur- touring UK match at the time. Uh, you have AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn. You have Doug Williams versus Brian Danielson. You've got Loki versus The Amazing Red. And the main event of the show is Glory Hound Daniels himself <laughs> taking on uh, AJ Styles. It was like an eight per like it was an eight match tournament. Then they did like the semifinals, and then the winners of those four matches at the next show next month did like this funky four way, and we'll get to that when it comes up in a month, right? Yeah, I'm looking at this. Is that 13 matches? Yes. Christ. All Uh right. Now, okay, so I'll say this. I don't have the match times there, but Loki versus Prince Nana is less than a minute. Okay. Um, Subi Sakai versus Simply Luscious is less than a minute. But then you have stuff like Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles, which I think is like a half hour. Ah, glory hound again. Exactly. Glory <laughs> hound Daniels. But this is one of those shows where, like, they were doing skits and stuff backstage, and I couldn't find it. I'm sad nobody has it online. But uh, there's a bit that even my wife and I um, quote to each other. There's a skit. It's Xavier and uh, Jerry Lynn listening to their backstage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerry Lynn's rocking out to whatever music it is. Xavier asks him what he's listening to, whatever the band that he says, uh, like one of the death metal bands Jerry Lynn's into. And Xavier goes, where did you pick that up at Walmart? And Jerry Lynn goes, Walmart? Hardly. Relapse.com. <laughs> and it's just like, we're going to put a plug in here for Relapse.com because that's where Jerry Lynn gets his music, you know? That was a th- oh, See, I don't get the joke because I didn't get that that's a real thing. Yeah. All right, I re- I think like it, like a Napster joke or something is what I, I, I makes more sense to me. I get it now. No, because again, when you want the hardcoreest of death metal, you can't just go to the Walmart and pick that up off the the shelf, you know? Yeah, you got to get it like in a dumpster somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, this day also wrestling history. Uh, Twenty five years ago, it's our head to head Nitro versus Raw. Um, Night or Raw is taped, but it's the go home show for King of the Ring. Um, this Raw is the debut on TV match of Edge. Oh, I like Edge. What's, well, listen, I was gonna say, what's the matter? You know, y'all don't like Edge, but I so vividly because I was online at this time, and I don't know if you saw clips of this, but Edge goes to do like a little flippy do to the outside. 
Mm-hmm. And he's wrestling, uh, I think, um, Jose Estrada, one of the, the, the Los Bariquas, right? And Edge's leg comes down on the top of the dude's head. And, like, for years, everyone thought that, like, Edge broke the guy's neck. And Edge tells the story of, like, yeah, like, he thought he was done because he fucked that guy up on his first move on his first match on TV, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. did he break his neck? Because he said no. years they thought, okay. It was just, like, a compressed vertebrae. It was, like, a, a, you know, a nerve thing. It was a stinger. He was fine. But it didn't look good. And, like, you know, for a long time, the thing online was that Edge broke that guy's neck, right? Yeah. No, I think, I, honestly, uh, the way I remember it, I'm, I'm probably in that camp as well. You know, I thought that I didn't know he was fine from it. Because I don't think we saw him again, right? Um, No, we did not see the, that particular Bariqua on TV after that. Gotcha. Um, so, like I said, there's a, st- there's a lot of stuff that I could play. There's a great Foley promo that sets up the Hell in a Cell match. With him and Undertaker, and I'm sure nothing untoward would come from that, right? <laughs> well, I don't want to deprive the the listeners of a good Foley promo. Uh, all right, so I'll, I'll, I, at your behest, I'll play this. All right. With my last act on this earth, urinating on your grave, you cowardly son of a bitch! Wow. <gasps> Cursed. Wow. Taped raw, they would beat stuff. <laughs> I never thought the word coward would apply to you. But what other choice do I have? Uncle Paul is many, many things. He is a warm man. He is a loving father. But he is not a wrestler. He is not a fighter. He was defenseless and you attacked him. Right. Undertaker's a coward. And we have every right in the world to arrest you and put you behind bars. Do it. But oh, no, no. You see, this is a family matter. And I'm going to put you behind these bars because blood is thicker than water. And if that's not enough, I can guarantee that mankind will have a surprise for everyone that you will not soon forget. Oh boy. What do you mean by so that? Kane, I ask you to listen close because all is not lost. And when it's all said and done, Kane. You will have Steve Austin's championship. That's what he means. I will have my vengeance. And Uncle Paul will have the Undertaker's soul. That's what he means. Have a nice day. That's what he means, JR. Look look at the cell. What an unbelievable weekend it's going to be. So how ominous is that of him cutting that promo? Knowing what we know is going to happen at the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Because it's like this the Hell in the Cell match. And you, obviously the bumps, you know, the being thrown off the side and thrown through the middle has been played a bajillion times. But you you very seldom see any fanfare for the build up to it, you know? Right. And, you know, obviously Foley cutting the promo with the Mankind music playing underneath them and the funky lighting and stuff. I think it just adds so much, you know? 
Yeah, no, 100%. And now, if if Mick needs a lesson on what defines a coward, tell him to listen to last week's show. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Again, they, well, there was the rumor that that was going to be set up as the program in GCW, and it fell through. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, Mick and uh, Broski Lower there. Case. Lower, Lower case, case Broski. Right <laughs> now, you heard Mick mention, of course, it's a double main event upcoming here at the King of the Ring, two uh, Hell in the Cell matches, and everyone remembers. The, the time that Kane spoke and he said, suck it, when he was a baby face, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's the first time Kane spoke. And I say, uh-uh, it's not. It's this promo is the first time that Kane speaks. And he adds a, a maybe a new stipulation to his matchup coming at the pay-per-view with old Cold Stone Steve Austin. Okay. Clearly, the winner will be the man who draws first blood on his opponent. Wow. What, what, is, what does he mean? First blood. That's right, Austin. A first blood match. And Austin, how confident are you? Yeah. That's all right. Well then, how confident is Stone Cold Steve Austin that he's going to retain this WWF championship, huh? How confident is Austin? I'll tell you how confident Kane is. Kane is so confident that he will offer in writing a special provision in the contract that states the following. Kane, if you would speak publicly... (laughs) Casual, Paul Bear. ...for the first time. What does the contract further state? He's got the kazoo. <laughs> Little vape pen. If I do not win the title, I will set myself on fire. What? <laughs> what is he? Oh, Paul Bear is so just wearing like a bathrobe, looking at his twenty-inch TV. And if he does not become the World Wrestling Federation champion this Sunday, he will set himself on fire and breathe his last breath. This crowd is stunned. An outlaw bloodshed. I can't believe this. Will Austin accept the first blood challenge? Oh my goodness. So were you you were saying? Uh no, I said it was an outlaw mud show with all this like fire and stuff. <laughs> it was a different time. Listen, they're trying to get ratings and I remember at the time I'm thinking to myself, I'm like you know, Austin's like the the hottest thing in wrestling. He just won the title not two months ago. You know, Kane, like he has like the little bit of chin exposed that he could get busted up on. And then I'm watching this and they add the stipulation that if Kane doesn't win, he's going to set himself on fire. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what are they going to do with this show? You know? Yeah. One way or another, you were going to see something, either a Kane win or Kane on fire. So you got to tune in. Right now on the competition over on Nitro, of course, Nitro is a live show. A good chunk of the show 
was built up around the summer programs with Hulk Hogan and DDP upcoming at Bash of the Beach. There was the contract signing and the thing at Planet Hollywood with Hogan, Rodman, DDP, and Carl Malone. And they started sprinkling in a little information, setting up the match for Road Wild that Hogan and DDP were going to have as well. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, they're off for the summer, so Kevin Green is practically a regular on TV. Uh, the main event on TV this week was the Giant taking on Kevin Green. NWO B team comes in. And this now, at this point, this is the first time, this episode of Nitro is the first time that Goldberg is in the ring with any NWO members. Okay. And if you go back and you watch the Kevin Green stuff, and obviously, like, Goldberg is your your golden goose. He's the one that they're going to build the company around. You know, we're, like, less than a month away from, like, the hot shot of all hot shots with this angle. But if they if Kevin Green stuck around... And, like, the intensity of Kevin Green and the intensity of Goldberg, like, those two guys is, like, your top baby faces. Mm-hmm. WCW might have won. <laughs> Kevin Green would have won the Monday Night Wars, huh? I think uh, him and Goldberg, healthy, you know, let them loose and be, like, your top stars. I really think they would have had a better chance, right? Yeah. Now... Well- I was just going to say he couldn't win a damn Super Bowl for the Steelers, so I don't know how many Monday Night Wars he was going to oh, win. come on. Football's rigged. You know, he's on his own with uh, the world of professional wrestling, right? You got me there. Now, I, I did watch this episode of Nitro, and there's a lot of things that we could discuss from this, but I had a special request to play a promo that was on this episode of Nitro, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play this promo right now. I'm not going to tell you who's in it, but you'll be able to figure out who it is and... You might be able to figure out what's going on. Uh, What's your name? What is this? Doesn't have too much to say because Jacksonville is red and black. Blow up doll. Blow up doll. It's supposed to be dressed up like, um, oh. Okay. A lot of people out here talking about wrestling this guy and wrestling that guy. A lot of tag team situations going on. But nobody talking about the red and black, the guys that got the gold. Big Sexy, the giant killer. And me, the stinger, I guess that makes me a medium-sized giant killer because you're dead, buddy. Anyway, I'm just trying to issue a challenge. We got the belts, and anybody, anytime, anywhere, Jacksonville will be a great start. We're here. We're ready. Nash is currently wearing the belt as a headband upside down. (laughs) Instantly making that a cool look. We made a challenge. We're ready. It's like, play my music already. (laughs) And I can only say this, that being in the wolf pack is just too sweet. So uh, this was not the full promo. There was a bit at the beginning when they first got in the ring where Nash prefaces it and says, uh, 
I'm not sure if anyone saw, but uh, he was backstage, and Goldberg just killed Kenny. Oh, topical reference. Right. And the person who requested I play this promo said that wrestling was better when you were just allowed to do as many pills as you wanted to (laughs) and then talk for as long as you wanted to. (laughs) We'll never know who could have possibly said that. Never know. Never know. Now, uh, also on this day in wrestling history, 1996. So my gazintas tell me that was 27 years ago. Another reminder that I am very old. Um, from the from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ECW Arena, ECW presented Hardcore Heaven. Uh, this is a show that was chopped up quite a bit for TV, but it did get a full VHS release. And this is a pretty memorable show. Um, you've got the Taz versus Paul Varlin shoot fight. Yeah, we talked uh, about that before that. They built him up as just this killer that nobody's ever heard of before or after. But you need to be you need to be concerned for Taz in that fight, right? And if you believe the stories, and enough people have said this is true for me to consider it to be true, um, the only reason he could, he he uh, Paul Varlins agreed to do the match and to lose in the match uh, was that Missy Hyatt said that she would suck his dick afterwards. All right, <laughs> and then and then afterwards when he came to. Um, accept his payment she said i don't suck losers dicks <laughs> got him there <laughs> it's like oh got me in a technicality <laughs> um jericho beats pitbull 2 for the tv title um sabu and rob van dam are continuing their program um we have the raven versus uh terry gordy match okay this is the match that gets Terry Gordy a job in the World Wrestling Entertainment in about four months, five months. Um, again, I was there live for this show, and Tony Khan was here for this show, too. Oh. Me, me and Tony Khan in the same building at the same time uh, 27 years ago, right? <laughs> I was going to so, say you should have befriended him then, but he was probably just a little kid. <laughs> he was just a little kid, right? You know, yeah. and I was, again, I was 20. He was probably like, is 17 right yeah um but like this is like maybe the ultimate raven smoke and mirrors match like terry gordy had seen better days but he still had a mystique um you know raven still talks about this one of his favorite matches it's great go out of your way to watch it the episode of tv that this is built around because the episode of tv that this is built around is an angle so as we discussed in the ECW stuff before, Stevie Richards is on the um, on the path to get Raven a new valet, the sluttiest, scummiest, filthiest, bottom-feeding trash bag hoe that he could find. Mm-hmm. And it's at this show where he debuts Raven's new valet, Peaches, a.k.a. Lori Fullington. Okay. So Hacky comes out. And he don't care. He sell. He he doesn't sell it. And he says, "I don't care what you do with her as long as you pay your bills." Throws the microphone down. More on that momentarily. Um. So then, after the Terry Gordy match, Lori's out there, and uh, Sandman comes out, and Sandman's gonna cane Raven. And who steps in front of Raven? But Tyler Fullington, the Sandman's son dressed as raven and the infamous line daddy you're a drunk now i worship raven oh 
like this is peak. This is peak ECW for me, right? Yeah. Ah, oh, man, like such a great show. Like I said, go find it, go watch the episode of TV, whatever it is, right? So I mentioned before, Sandman comes out, he cuts the promo on Raven, says, doesn't matter, pay your bills, and he throws the microphone down. Well, when he does so, it, like, shorts out the entire sound system, okay? (laughs) Okay. So now we got to kill time while we try to fix this. Raven's just sitting in the ring. Uh, Meanie, Nova, and Stevie are all fucking around. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets a bright idea, Okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that bright idea is, but Joey Styles is going to tell you. Oh, shit. Unedited, uncensored, never before seen. It's the Night Kimono Wanna Layup. It's the Talk the ECW Arena. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I forget that uh, where was Joe the night that Kimono Wanna Layup danced atop the ECW Arena he was there. I was there, baby. Like, <laughs> you probably the... choreographed the dance for. Her. No, no, come on now, come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, a memorable show, top to bottom, wrestling history, ECW history, whatever sort of history you want to talk about. Great stuff, uh, love it. And uh, you know, I, I also on this day in 2007 is when somebody killed Nancy Benoit and uh, uh, Daniel Benoit, but. Uh, moving off, history's yeah. done. Um, we'll never what else know who like... it was, too. That's the, the well, fucking Again, I'm just, listen, I, I just have it in my notes as an all-time bad place moment. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so so what would you like to talk about from the last week in the world of professional wrestling? Um, before we get into LVAC, I just want to talk about something that happened before that. And I'll say, Joe, I am all for different types and sizes of wrestlers. I don't care if you're a tall wrestler or a short wrestler, if you're fat or you're skinny, if you have a full head of hair, or if you intentionally shave off your full head of hair like me, uh, I'm fine with all of that. But it don't put out hype videos of you training, like doing the little rope flippy thing and flipping over tires and stuff like that, and then show up to your re-debut looking like a giant bag of shit. Uh, Joe, tell me when I'm telling lies, all right? And then maybe don't come out and, like, have a totally blah match where you look like you're struggling to keep up. And, like, that's after you cut a promo uh, insinuating that you're burying people like Kenny Omega that can wrestle circles around you. Uh, Tell me again when I'm telling lies, Joe. Uh, But that entire collision return of your buddy Pepsi Phil was so underwhelming and that's coming from me. I'm not as pill filled or fill pilled as some of our friends, but I do appreciate CM Punk way more than you do. And I came out of that being like, all right, I don't know what I've been missing. Like I don't miss I was missing him for the last nine months, but I don't anymore. I've gotten it out of my system because that was all lame. So, uh, again, this is highly irregular, but in the interest of fairness and to prevent redundancy. Uh, it's pink button time. Oh. Hey, John Adam, it's Ed. Um, you guys may have already addressed this, but I just thought about it. Hey, do you think CM Punk really wants people to tell him when he's telling lies, or do you <laughs> think he just says this? Because I don't think he really wants that. I've been thinking about it. I think that I think he wouldn't like it if people told him when he's telling lies, uh, just knowing what I know about the man over the last, like, 20 years. 
it's a it's cool to say though. I like it a lot. <laughs> that was a dope promo. He's the best. He's the best at wrestling. That. He's the best wrestler. Bye. Okay, so Ed calls back again. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Uh, I just want to elaborate more on CM Punk on one Bill Phil. Uh, I think this is the CM Punk run that I've been waiting for. Um, that last one didn't do much for me, and I, it might make me a bad person. I don't care. Yes. I think it's because he was happy, and I don't fucking want that. I want him to be bitter and fucking a chip on his shoulder and mad at, like, most of his co-workers, and I don't ever need to see that man happy again in my life. Like, I don't need that. He's He sucks when he's happy. I need, I need this. I need him to just be a miserable, fucking grumpy man. And that's exactly what I want. So I hope this keeps up because that was great. That promo was great. I'm assuming you guys thought it was great. Uh, that was fantastic. And the match was all right, I guess. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here for the wrestling. I'm here to hear uh, Phil Brooks go out there and say mean shit about people he doesn't like. And uh, yell a lot. I like it. That was that was great shit. That was fantastic. That was the promo of the year. Here he said counterfeit bucks. Get it? Because <laughs> the young bucks. Because he doesn't like them. Also, I hope you guys talked about these losers that don't want Punk to work with the elite because they don't like each other in real life and they want everyone to only work with their friends. Uh, that's fucking stupid. These people are morons, and they should be bullied out of wrestling. Okay, bye. <laughs> and other than the thing at the end about wrestling with your friends only, uh, the rest of that was you telling lies. So I should probably tell you that. So again, I, I, I this you know this is the punk segment of the show, right? Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll address the the micro the macro of all this. Um. I'm not a Phil guy by any stretch of the imagination. We joke about it, right? He had a year and he squandered it like literally the day after that the year was up with his, um, piss poor, his, his loser titty baby behavior. Um, the promo itself, I guess it's cool because he has a cute little catchphrase now. Tell me when I'm telling lies and I'll, I'll give Phil the, I'll give Phil credit here. Okay. He's not telling lies, but Phil has a habit of forgetting the part of the story that makes him look like a liar, right? Mm -hmm. He has a history of this. So he leaves that part out and then says, tell me when I'm telling lies. Well, he's not telling lies. He's just leaving out like one key bit of information why these things are going the way that they are. Like if he came out and said in his, in his promo, uh, Hangman made a comment in a promo, and I went and got my lawyers to get mm -hmm. Tony Khan to make him agree that he wasn't going to shoot on me. You know, the 28-year-old elementary school powder puff teacher, you know, make sure that he's not going to shoot on me or I'm not going to show up at the pay-per-view, and then he's going to hit me with a chop that might hit a little high, and then now the match sucks because now I'm up in my head that he's going to shoot on me, not the fact that I suck and botched doing his move in the match twice. Mm -hmm. Leaves that part out, 
if he said that and then said, tell me when I'm telling lies, and I'm like, he got me there. That's the truth. You know, he said all of the truths. And yeah. he just goes out there and he says like 70% of the truths, right? Mm-hmm. And if you know 100% of the truths, whether it be this or when he left WWE or any of the other times, right? Um, Then you have the bit where he comes out for the promo. Okay, so then in his promo, like a really cool guy that you want to hang around with, talks about he's really good friends with David Zaslov, the guy who runs the WB, like a billionaire, and that's mm-hmm. Punk's buddy. Real cool, counterculture, edgy guy. His buddy, the one that sucks up to him, and has a cute nickname for him is a billionaire. Fuck you. <laughs> There's nothing more relatable than mentioning that you're friends with billionaires. Yeah, and that he loves you, right? Yeah, yeah. But the lamest part of the promo for me is him bringing out the bag. What's in the bag, Adam? Well, What's never- in the bag? <laughs> I, I just, it's impossible to guess what could possibly be in that bag. Right. So, again, you would think if he really thinks he's the uncrowned champion, he wouldn't be hiding it in a bag. He'd come out wearing the belt. And say, fuck you, MJF, I'm the champion, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, he hides it in a bag and pussyfoots around it. And then he comes out for his match. I'm like, he's going to wear the belt out. And he doesn't wear the belt out. And there's no more mention of this mystery bag that he has. Is this a part of the thing where, like, maybe it's going to get dropped because that's not the first promo? Or it's like, oh, we did this now and we're going to come back to it. And here's the reasons why Phil didn't bring out the bag. Him bringing out a bag that has the title in it and him pussyfooting around with it, L-A-M-E lame. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So where I fall in all of this, unfortunately, is I know from firsthand experience that Phil is a piece of shit. And I also want to come back to this. Pepsi Phil, Phil from Chicago – Everybody knew his name was Phil for the last 20-plus years, but everyone called him Punk out of respect. And if you called him Phil, he would get pissy and miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Now, is it that he's softened, or is it that people have less respect for him and call him by his shoot name, right? <laughs> like, I mean, people for the longest soft. time would call The Undertaker, Undertaker, Taker, dead man all these things but now that we know that cm or that the uh, now well cm punk now that we know that mark from texas is a horrible fascist right-wing republican people just call him mark people even call him a pants shitter (laughs) put up a video uh when cm punk was suing them of proof that cm punk was a uh, wwe put up a video uh of proof that cm punk is a pants shitter right yeah. So again, uh, Mark and Phil might have a little bit more in common, right? Yeah. You so think about not- like same same thing happened to the Hulkster. We started calling him Bad Terry. Right. Bad Place Terry. Exactly. This is what happens when you're around too long and you do enough bad things. People lose respect for for you. They don't call you Hulkster. They don't call you Take. They don't call you Punk. They call you by your real name, your first name. Not even Mr. Brooks or Mr. Bolea or Mr. Calloway. Just your first name. Sad. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I know Phil is a bad person from firsthand experience. But I also know from firsthand experience that he's done a lot of good for a lot of people that I know. Okay? Mm-hmm. I know that the Bucks 
are bad people from firsthand experience. But I also know that they've done a lot of good for a lot of people that I'm very close with, right? So I'm torn. What do I do, right? I like them both. I, I, I like them both or dislike them both equally. Are you going to make me choose? Maybe. Maybe it comes down to their fan bases, right? Do mm. I dislike the Bach fan base more than I dislike the Phil fan base? And that's where I need to make my decision. Now, obviously, it was as clear as day to me when the Sports Illustrated interview came out that all of this is to set up Phil and FTR against Kenny and the Bucks at Wembley. And we're all kidding ourselves if we don't think that's what's going to happen. Now, whether or not they could keep this up on TV for the next two months and convince us all that this, like, are they working or shooting, brother? They're all working. But they're trying to make us think that they're all whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and then again, Phil looked like crap in the match. He didn't really do much of anything. They're hiding him in another six-man match uh, this week on TV. Um, I, I bet you he'll have less than four minutes in ring time. And I said it. I'll, I'll be more clear here on the show than I was on Twitter. Do you think that Phil specifically requested Juice Robinson to be in this program? So that he could give him a few extra slaps and pretend that it's Dylan Hornswoggle Postal. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I if I was to list the things that I tune into AEW for, the Bucks and Phil don't even make my top fifteen. Yeah. I mean, CM Punk was in my top 15 the first time around, but he's not on a good pace to be there this time so far. Yeah. And good for you. If you're a Phil fan, that's great. I'm, gl I'm glad you're happy he's back. If you're a Bucks fan, you're going to have to eat some crow because Punk's proven to move the needle with, and again, I with the real metric, which is ticket sales and money. And merchandise sale. They somebody was pointing out that there hasn't been a young bucks. There's elite shirts, but there hasn't been a Nick and Matt Young Bucks shirt in the top ten weekly or monthly sales on Pro Wrestling Tees the entire calendar year of 2023. Hmm. Well, I mean, they're such great designs, so I'm mm -hmm. kind of shocked, you know. And I, I, I uh, and again, a, a check in the plus column for Phil. Uh, I liked the Piper homage shirt that he wore. Um, that's Larry's stupid head instead of the Jaguar. I like the fact that it's a Piper homage shirt, uh, but I yes. hate that it's a stupid, ugly dog. Like, all dogs are awesome, but his is, like, kind of, like, at the lowest possible bar of awesome. <laughs> I I put Larry above the Bucks and Phil in people that I tune into <laughs> AEW to hope to see on TV. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You want to see Larry get a run against MJF? I want to see him get his heat back on the box. <laughs> Have him just go and just like bite off uh, Nick Jackson's toupee and run away with it. Yeah, but like the box and and like I don't include Kenny in this. Like Kenny seems like a nice, sweet boy who was kind of caught in the middle of all this. Uh -huh. Um, but I like the punk and Buck stuff. I just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah yeah tw uh, wrestling twitter's been entertaining the last week to say that yeah. at least. all right joe what do you got all right so 
Uh, I watched WWE this week. What? And you know who the best person in WWE is? At least as a televised in-ring character? L.A. Knight? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah? Tell me. Uh, super over on SmackDown this past week. In there with, like, uh, Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio. Comes out, cuts the promo. I know they added Logan Paul uh, into the Money in the Bank ladder match. But... On TV, he comes out, gets a huge reaction, does L.A. Night, he does the post thing, and I'm going on record right now and saying, win or lose, win, um, <laughs> at SummerSlam, you're getting L.A. Night versus Logan Paul in a singles match. Hmm. I don't agree with you on that. I All just, right. I just don't see them, uh, like... Even though L.A. Knight might be their biggest baby face in the company without them realizing it, uh, right. I don't see them acknowledging that because uh, they'll just pipe in booze to, to fix the crowd reactions. I I know they did two or three weeks ago on SmackDown when it was taped um, for Memorial Day, um, yeah. whatever the holiday was. But when they had the live one from Wilkes-Barre, they didn't pipe it in. It They just let the cheers there. This past week on SmackDown, they let the cheers go. This past week on Raw, they let the cheers go. LA Knight, number one, I feel as though they know what they have in him um, as a character, as an, an act, and I think they would trust a commodity like Logan Paul to be in there with LA Knight. Alright, I just... I, I I don't have a reasoning for it. Just in my gut, I just don't see that happening. Gotcha. So do, do you think one of... Who is coming out of the... I know it's way too early for predictions on it, but like, who's your favorite so far? L.A. Knight. So, all right. All right. I, I mean, uh, I don't want to see Logan Paul win, but I think Logan Paul wins that. Okay. You don't pay a guy to come out and do a car crash match like that and not have him win it. We'll see. But, yeah, all right. Uh, that's your only thing for that? Yeah, we can come back. I got other all right. stuff. All right, fair enough. Um, I will, you know, Logan Paul was in Cleveland on Monday Night Raw, and I'm sure some things happened there that you want to talk about. But I'm going to start in Cleveland just by acknowledging the fact that I talked a lot of talk last week, and I might have made some claims uh, that I was going to be winning something. Uh, I had planned on taking home the Haas division boot from the Duke, and I came up a little bit short, so I just want to apologize to the Duke. Uh, he beat Arthur MacArthur in a five-star classic, and I've said it on Twitter, but I'll say it into a microphone. If Artie couldn't beat the Duke, I am convinced that nobody can, and uh, the Duke is probably going to retire with that boot because there's he's run through all the Haases in that territory, and... Uh, and that seems to be about it. But, yeah, again, I just want to apologize for any bombastic claims I made last week. I think I just uh, I, I got a little bit too ambitious. I thought I can do it, but it didn't happen. Better luck next time. There's always a rematch, right? You could yeah. work your way back up through the rankings, get another sh- crack, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Things just haven't been working out for me and Chuck these days. All right. But... Speaking of AIW, Joe, anything else interesting happen regarding AIW and, and wrestling? 
Yeah, so I mentioned the best on-screen character, um, L.A. Knight, but the best um, behind-the-scenes, the best real person um, is Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. Um, you know, obviously, you can go listen to The Card is Going to Change this past week uh, with John Thorne and friend of the show, uh, Ronald Two Legs, a.k.a. Pat. Company they kind of get... Right, they, company man, they get more into the minutia of everything uh, on their own show, right? But, mm. um, you know, this past Tuesday was the uh, sixth anniversary of the passing of Chandler Biggins, uh, Chris, you know, and obviously everyone had, you know, their relationships with him. And, you know, I, I got no problem saying, like, you know, when I was there at AIW, you know, I was friendly with Thorne and I was friendly with Biggins, but I was more friendly with biggins than i was with thorn it's just the way that things were um and obviously chris's passing i think helped john open up to a lot more people and you know kevin steen got a bunch of the guys um tickets um but most notably got um chandler's mom patty tickets uh got her and her other son jeff and jeff's partner like backstage um and then as when raw went off the air like you know, a lot of times when stuff like this happens and the, you know, the fan cam footage, I say fan cam footage, you know, cell phone footage, whatever, it's fan cam footage, you know, and it's the end of Raw, Cody's in the ring, Sami Zayn's in the ring, they just won the main event of Monday Night Raw, packed house, the whole thing, and Steen gets on the mic and he, he talks about how, like, AIW revitalized his love for wrestling at a time where he thought he was done and that kind of helped him motivate himself to get to WWE when he thought that that was a lost cause. Um, he talks about his time in AIW, mentions AIW by name, mentions John, mentions Chris, mentions Chris's mom, the whole thing. And it was just one of the classiest things on a long laundry list of classy things that Kevin Steen has done for people that no one will ever know about. Um, but like to do like something like this, and obviously I'm a homer, I'm a company man, whether I'm not, whether I'm collecting a paycheck in the reg or not, you know, um, but AIW is my, my home away from home and for Steen to do that, it was a really special moment, um, you know, getting a chance to see it, but obviously for everyone that was there from John to, to Patty, to all the other guys that were the guys and gals that were there, um, just like a really cool moment. Go check it out. It's all over Thorn and AIW social media from this past week. Um, but on top of all of that, um, they did flash up on the screen with D-Generation X graphics. <laughs> I was going to mention this. <laughs> Josh Bishop and Wes Barkley. So it's official. They are members of D-Generation X. Yeah, 100%. Like the whole trademark name army thing that was done just to maybe make sure that we didn't skirt any kind of copyright or anything like that. Like as far as I'm concerned, that is like the full blessing and authorization of WWE uh, to not only allow uh, Wes and, and JB and also Swoggle to continue to use the DX name, but they are full-fledged na- members of the DX. I have seen countless indie guys who got squashed or did jobs or were security or whatever else would then go around on other indies advertised as as seen on WWE TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this was on the Titantron during Monday Night Raw. It was just the two of them. 
with D-Generation X graphics underneath them. As far as I'm concerned, they're just as much as a member as Road Dog or Billy <laughs> or anyone else. Oh, 100%. If, if Rick Rude's a member of DX, so are Wes and JB, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, it's a shame that it was during the commercials because I wish it was on screen somewhere that they could just take it and uh, like make 8x10s or something out of it. I, I hope somebody got a clean a clean shot of it, you know? Yeah, 100%. All right. Um, I will just go ahead and I'm going to mention LVAC right here. Uh, it's my only other thing to talk about. And uh, not really much of a story as far as, like, going to. But, like, obviously afterwards I ate with all the boys and girls from soon-to-be-named Network and Adjacent. But... Uh, I just want to like a couple quick things about the show. I mentioned earlier that it was a great time. I thought that the opener of CPA versus Junie uh, Underwood was like a really fun opener and it got the crowd super invested in the show. Obviously, Gummy Boar popping the territory. Gum, uh, the boar, uh, like a dangerous amount of bumps. I, I do not approve of the fact that this man, uh, the, he did three bumps. And I had to double check with Kenny and make sure that I wasn't being unfair. And we did agree that three bumps was not only the accurate number, but like, just that's like, that's a full like Friday, Saturday, Sunday amount of bumps right there. And he did it all in one night. So kudos to him, but also shame on him. So Uh, just to, just to interject there if I can. So, you know, obviously I'm doing my commentary. I'm going around as people are, listen, they're putting their matches together. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, as they're going over stuff, um, you know, I think Bohr might have mentioned uh, that somebody who will go unnamed planted a seed in his head uh, for the structure of that match. And uh, with the with the show all being released already, less than a week out, it's already out on DVD and MP4. And I'm sad that nobody has gift uh, the clothesline from hell, Herm Sassafras, <laughs> that uh, Bohr delivers to poor Devante's in this match. But they're going over their match, and they're talking whatever, whatever, whatever. And then they mention, like, okay, and the cutoff is, like, give you a German. And I go, what? And uh, the boar looks at me, he's like, yeah, I'm taking a German in this one. I go, <laughs> I do not approve of that. And I walk away. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, I'm, looking out for my, I'm looking out for my friend, you know? Yeah, it was just surreal to see, like... Again, I, I do understand what the boar said. Like, if Devontae's wants to throw you, you're getting thrown. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, okay, take that one and just avoid the other two. God. But, um, again, I just, I'm just i not going to go over every match. But Anthony Green versus Hot Sauce was, like, really, really good. Yeah. And, th- and then in the main events, we had that colossal tag team match uh, where Avery Good professional commentator just like me he was watching that and he just he's like enough is enough with big dan all right and he just he ran out to the ring and he's like i gotta get rid of big dan but unfortunately ultramanda's black accidentally got caught in the crossfire ended up getting bloodied had his mask removed revealed that he was he's like a a beautiful blonde bombshell underneath that mask uh unfortunately none of the cameras were able to photograph it uh so that we can share that picture but uh, really shocking ending to the night with uh, the Alliance to Destroy Ultraman is Black coming out triumphant. And, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers for Ultraman is. I hear he's convalescing in a local medical uh, facility. 
Well, not to tip our hand too, too much, but uh, I don't know. Do you want to plug the Patreon show here? Heck yeah. All right. So uh, this upcoming Monday at noon, uh, if you're at the face of the Patreon level. The face? Face. Um, my conversation, the conversations with Joe, the next edition of that uh, comes out. Um, and it's me sitting down with Ultramantis Black. Um Obviously, the, the 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 foot in the door for these conversations is to talk about their experience with the Chikara shutdown angle and the the movie Ashes, of course. And Mantis played a part in it, right? Mm-hmm. He was an active competitor in Chikara, um, but I think it's like a buck, an hour fifteen, and I think we spend maybe about ten minutes talking about it, and the rest is just everything else from just this past Friday. Uh, to how Mantis is doing. Uh, afterwards, we he, he might even become a little bit of a shoot trash during this. Oh. Um, letting some secrets roll out there that people have, uh, you know, maybe... The, so I did release a teaser of this out to the news media, right? Okay. To see if it gets picked up to hopefully get some Patreons and stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it's more so people, it's like, I can't believe Mantis exposed the business on... <laughs> this 17 year old character that no one remembers right <laughs> but yeah. that being that being said um comes out on monday if you know, mantis don't talk much on the record and um i'll talk more about everything else but yeah go sign up for the patreon if you're not already a patreon member at the five dollar up level it is the five dollar up level right correct okay um, five dollar up level comes out on Monday. Go check out the ones that I did with Derek Sabato, that I did with uh, Ian Valfour, which kind of kicked everything off. Um, I have the next two planned, and we'll see where we go from there. Um, you know, we, uh, we got to record those, but yeah. So we'll see how Mantis is doing. He, like I said, he he kind of answered a lot of questions that some people may have in regards to what happened this past Friday. Let's say that, right? Yeah. That's interesting because it's not like Mantis is a guy uh, who goes on Twitter and like cuts promos or, nope. you know, he's not Dan Champion or Sidney Bacabella uh, or even Avery uh, who are going to fill in the gaps between the LVAC shows. So, like, if you want to get his take on what happened to him, like, this is your only opportunity. Like, even the stuff he posts on Instagram is just, you know, a lot of music stuff. So, you know, if you want the follow up as I show for our Patreon here, but I'm being serious. You know, if you want the follow up, this is the only place you're going to get it. Um, right. And, you know, obviously we're talking about the LVAC show. I'm biased. I work for them. I do commentary for them. Um, I've definitely called bad wrestling in my 18 glorious years of doing this. Right. Mm. Um, but, the uh, you know, obviously after the first half was done, it was four matches then two matches, you know, with the intermission. Um, obviously at that, when the first half was done, I was like, I would put those four matches back to back to back to back up against any other four matches on any other indie show in 2013. Like, that's how good it was. Like, it just flowed perfectly. It was different. It was, and every single one of those matches had debuts, new people, um, in front of that crowd. And the crowd was there for everything. And the, the, the folks in the matches were there for everything. And it was four very different matches, nothing repeated, nothing back and you know, anything like that. And obviously coming back from intermission, 
Um, you know, the tag match with Kodama and Jeff, Cannonball, Lucky, and Havoc, and of course the 10-man, as you mentioned. Um, I think it just added to the whole thing. And listen, I'm a physical media guy. There's been a whole thing going on with a adjacent friend of the show, uh, Luis, who does stuff for Pro Wrestling Ponderings. Uh, he's been getting some flack for his opinion in regards to physical media versus streaming stuff. I say if you can afford to do it all, do it all. I'm a physical media guy. I own the DVDs of every single one of these shows. Um, if you're a digital person, go get the MP4. It's 12 bucks. It's absolutely worth it. But I will tell you, July 9th at the Mahoning Drive-In, August 3rd at Coca-Cola Stadium for the Iron Pigs, and then officially, officially match graphic today, September 16th, back to Steel Stacks in Bethlehem. Make your plans. Go to an LVAC show. Go look at the clips from last year's LVAC show in that building, okay? Go mm -hmm. look at a previous Real Rumble. Uh, if you're a fan of independent wrestling, if you're a fan of different independent wrestling, so much of today's independent wrestling is the same. It's all the same faces. Everything's interchangeable except for the three letters at the beginning of the company, right? I f and again, I'm a shill for the company, and I'm admitting this up front, transparency, whatever. I feel as though LVAC is so different from any of the other promotions that are doing anything out there right now. If you were a fan of Chikara, this has a lot of Chikara feel and elements to it. And I think I saw somebody say um, that LVAC is essentially Chikara without quacks like mental gymnastics to get you to figure stuff out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm paraphrasing that, right? If you're a fan of like a real true punk DIY you know, kind of feel for an independent show. That's what LVAC is. You know, obviously the Steel Stacks is something that has been built to over these last couple of years. They don't run there all the time. It's essentially the WrestleMania of the LVAC shows. But who else is doing shows at drive-ins like this? Who else is doing shows at baseball stadiums like this? Or at, you know, Polish Falcons clubs like, mm -hmm. like they do on the regular at Sokol's. And listen, I will toot the horn of the company I work for because I believe in it. I have no financial stake in it. I get a check at the end of the night when I'm done doing my job. I'm not losing anything on what I'm saying here other than my reputation. And if my reputation's worth anything, I'm staking it on what these guys are doing and guys and gals are doing behind the scenes, in the ring, everything else. Put your 12 bucks down. Put your $15 down. Get these shows. They're not going to be on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. But I say screw that. Make your plans. Come to see an LVAC show live. Come over and say hi to me. Come say hi to Adam. You're going to see a bunch of people whose voices you hear on soon-to-be-named network show. Brett and DJ are always there. Doug is usually there from Wings on Wings. We're convincing Todd to come out once again, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But, again, it's a great time. Uh, we've spent far too much time on this, and this was supposed to be a short show, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I have one actually last thing. To, I actually want to, after we we finished praising LVAC, I want to I shoot on them real quick. Bang, bang, go ahead. I want to complain about something. And that is that, and it's not the LVAC's fault. I'm going to just say that it is a lot of the wrestlers, not only at this show, but this is kind of an indictment to a lot of indie shows that I go to. But if you have merch at a table, and it's sat out there and you have the intention of selling it at some point in the night, go out there and sell it. 
you know, whether it be before the show, intermission, after the show, you know, and it's one thing if you, you know, you're busy, you're, you're booking the show or you're, you're involved in a heated angle. Like I'm not calling out Mantis, for example, but there, I would say that one out of every five wrestler that had merch on the table actually came out to sell it. And because the reason I bring this up is I'm like, oh, I'd like a picture with this person. I'd like a picture with this person. I mentioned this last week and like I'm looking around and like you have your Dan champions out there. First thing you have the boar because he's smart and he sells merch. You have CPA and then there's a handful of other people. And Edith came out, you know, uh, she was awesome. But the majority of wrestlers, not only at LVAC, but at a lot of these indies will put stuff on a table and then. For whatever reason, just they never show up to, to sell the stuff. And it's it I don't like that. I get where you're coming from. Um, I do, but obviously there's always extraneous circumstances. There's a million different reasons why they may not be out there. Um I and again, I make no excuses for anyone, but there's more than likely a, a legitimate reason why they're not. Mm-hmm. I get you. I'm just saying as a fan, as somebody who wants to spend money, you know, let me take a mark pick and I'll buy a T-shirt off of you. I will say this. How about that? How about this? Next time you're at a show, and I don't mean Adam, I mean anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Next time that you're at an event and your favorite wrestler is there or whomever, right? And they have merch there and it's intermission. Ping them on social media. Say, hey, I want to get a picture with you. You're in the building. I'm in the building. Come up to your merch table. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's weird because you see wrestlers who are so good at it, you know, who leave with a fanny pack full of money. Okay. They're, they're glad handling. And maybe these people don't need the money. I, I don't want to speculate on that. It's just, you, it's, it's odd that you have stuff to sell, but you're not selling it, you know? Now, did they have people at least work in their table to take your money? Well, sure, that, that, there's always somebody there, but the, if I want to just buy a T-shirt, I'll just buy it on online at their whatever sites, you know, whether they're on Pro Wrestling Tees or Public or whatever they got. You know what I'm saying? It's the experience of getting it from them and getting a picture and shaking their hand and saying, hey, I'm a fan, that kind of stuff. And like I said, I, I could sit here and make a million excuses for a million people, but I'll just say worst case scenario, you know they're at the show, you know they have merch out. If you ping them on social media and just say, hey, I want to give you money, mm-hmm. come upstairs or come outside or whatever, it's all you could do, right? No, I get you. No, yeah. I, I mean, it's fair enough. It's good advice. But like I said, I just wanted to vent on it, you know? I get you. And that's no one's fault other than the individuals, right? No, 100%. I'm not blaming LVAC. I just wanted to mention it there because it was just – it popped in my head from the show, you know? For sure. All right. Hey, I got around to finally watching uh, a Dark Side of the Ring this week. Oh, good, good. You watched the uh, the Doink edition, huh? Yes, I watched the Doink side of the ring. And, and Joe, I didn't know that Matt Bourne was a thing before he was Big Josh. Really? <laughs> no, of course I didn't. <laughs> like, well, how would I know any of that? Like, they he's on the footage. he's on the first WrestleMania. Yeah, they showed footage of that, and I was like, come on, they're kidding about this. <laughs> He was like a regular, like um, in like 1985 on WF TV, and again I know 1985, um, but he was like a featured like job guy on TV after that, right? 
Well, why was he on WrestleMania if he was a job guy? Um, because they were thinking about doing something with him, and then they maybe realized that he was a problem and decided not to do nothing with him. Okay, that makes sense. Um, maybe Ricky Steamboat's like, I know I could do a good match with this guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, so Big Josh was like a thing, um, you know, for a very long time all over the place. And, you know, you, you think back on like guys' ages and stuff. And when he was doing the WWE run as Doink, he was like 37 years old, mm-hmm. which, you know, all things considered is like old then, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. Like, you were retiring law. You were like, oh, I should have retired five years ago back then. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to say, and I don't know how much you want to get into depth on any of this, but uh, a couple weeks ago, I think when it was the Magnum TA episode, and I said, hey, this just reminds me of, like, a, a WWE DVD career retrospective. There's nothing salacious about it. I want my, want my old Dark Side of the Ring back. That's what this episode was for me, because it was like, hey, you know that guy who you knew a little bit of the shitty things that he did. Here's 150 different shitty things he did. And oh, by the way, here's a little bit of true crime mystery at the end. Uh, This was the type of episode uh, that I was looking for, you know? So, okay, so you say here's 150 shitty things that he did. There's like 50 more that they didn't mention. Yeah. And with really good cause, right? Okay. Like philandering... On your wife is okay to talk about, but maybe with an underage girl isn't. Or, you know, doing lots of drugs is okay to talk about, but sexual assault maybe isn't, right? Mm. Yeah. So, again, he, he was a very, and again, I, 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 get to, I hate to even say it like this, but he was a very colorful character. He was a very eccentric person in the world of wrestling, and there were people who said this online, might have been Doxy Stoxy, might have been Ian uh, Andrew Dice Clay, but you look at that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, and here's Matt Bourne was such a problem that he beat up a fan in Bill Watts's Mid South, and they said, "Good, that's an excuse for us to get rid of him." Yeah, because I was surprised because I was like, oh, the, the fan fucked around and found out. Like, that's right. usually like a good thing in the, the wrestling circles. But like, oh, they, they got sued and fired. Right. This is a guy who hot off a WWE run is doing too many drugs for 1994 ECW and <laughs> has to be let go. Right. Yeah. So and then this is a guy who just even after that, like after that ECW run in 94, He's like a nomad. He's nowhere. And like he goes to Puerto Rico, maybe, which is always a great move when you're like a, a fucked up drug guy, you know, mm-hmm. but he never has a permanent spot after that just because he's an unreliable mess. And, you know, the, the true crime bit, I think, is, you know, obviously it was great that they found it, but I feel as though they stretched that bit out a little bit more. And that's a little bit more shaky of a thing, especially since they have like both sides of the story. And obviously the, the girl who he was living with at the time is going to be like, oh, yeah, I killed him. <laughs> but then the family, the previous wife and the daughter are like, oh, yeah, she absolutely killed him. And I'm like... If you really believe this, you know, have the case reopened. 
right? Yeah. I feel as though it's just like a little sensationalism for TV. And it's like you're on national television accusing somebody of murder yeah. based on your gut feeling. Uh, like you, that's that's actionable, I think. Yeah, I, I know many wrestling lawyers that could take that case. At least one. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I like the episode. Like I said, I, I knew nothing other than, you know, Big Josh to Doink to, to ECW Doink, and that was it. You know, and then I knew he died and the drugs and all that stuff. But, like, a lot of the, the stuff that they covered, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So, yeah, that's good for me. Um, So, and, and, you know, obviously the timeline gets a little muddy, just like to tell the narrative and stuff. But whatever, right? It was a good episode. Um, I'm looking forward to next week's in regards to Junkyard Dog as well. All right. Is that going to be a Magnum TA type episode or is that going to be a doink type of episode? How about a little of both? All right. All right. I'll um, take it. Depends on who they like. They're going to have Cornette to be interviewed as well because Cornette was in Mid-South feuding with JYD before he came to WWF. Then you're going to have the WWF run. Then you're going to have the ill-fated WCW run in, like, 1990, 1991. And then here's another guy who was literally one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling from 1982 to 1986. And then after 1991, you do not see him again ever until, the like, the week before he dies. Hmm. Okay. All yeah. Right. Looking forward to it. And, you know, that uh, how much they're going to get into that, of course, it will be very interesting. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the JYD one, um, you know, because I think you're going to see like a real big fall from grace, but not due to an accident or, you know, what we saw with Magnum TA, you're going to see due to their own devices. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, So, Adam, um, did you know that there's a pay-per-view this weekend? There is. Alexa Bliss. It's kicking down to the ring. It's Billy Kay. Doing his thing. Ty Conti. Beyond the show. Brandy Lauren. No, no, no. Is it the Cora Jade? God! Let's find out. It's Fansky. No, the card. I think that needs to be updated as well. We got a, we got at least a year, right? <laughs> yeah, I dusted the mothballs off on that and realized that the, the, most of these people aren't even ranked anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, so this Sunday, uh, AEW is com- putting on a joint show with New Japan Pro Wrestling called Forbidden Door. Officially Forbidden Door 2, but let's call it Forbidden Door. Um since Adam is the Japanese pro wrestling expert, not only of this show, but also of the soon-to-be-named network, Thank I'm you. turning the tables on him and making him guess the card. Now, we're going to go by what was announced on TV as we were recording, okay? Okay. Because um, there are two matches that get announced on Rampage, but Rampage hasn't aired yet. So, Adam, there are, according to Wikipedia, the most trusted source in all of professional wrestling news, there are eight matches on the show this Sunday. How many of the matches can you name? Uh, all right. So we have Okada Danielson, there the, you greatest go, wrestler, the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling versus Okada. Um, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. 
All right, that's two. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against uh, who's Tanahashi wrestling? Uh, well, he's not a ratings draw. And he doesn't move attendance figures, okay. so he's got to be maybe the world champion oh, at AEW. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sonata versus uh, the other JB. I, you know what? I'll give that to you. Taking on uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yes. Okay. All right. Get the get them confused all the time. All right. Um. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, my best friend in the whole world, Chris Jericho, and Sammy? Kay Conte's husband, yes. Yes, okay, yep, there we go. Uh, Mr. Conte, uh, versus it's Sting and his little buddy and somebody else? Yes, uh, we don't know who the somebody else is until this Saturday on Phil and Friends. Okay. Uh, how many did I get? I got all eight already? No, I think that's five. Ah, all right. Um, we have Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii and the Elite versus, uh, Takeshita, uh, Umino and the Blackpool Combat Club, not named, uh, Danielson. Right. That's I was I would have accepted Eddie Kingston, Tomohiro Ishii, and three other people. Um, <laughs> yes. There's one I want to disrespect Adam Page. Uh touche. Yeah. Um Is there a girl match announced yet? There is a ladies match announced. There is no one from New Japan in there, of course. But uh Willow is the New Japan uh, strong women's champion. Her title's not on the line. Okay. Well, then I guess I will guess Willow versus Makita. No, Tony Storm. Oh, all right, all right. Should have remembered a ranked competitor there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So, uh, oh, there's the the big like international title. We have Katsuyori Shibata, Orange Cassidy. The blonde guy with the dinner plate, uh, Zach Saber Jr. It's the uh, it's the the New Japan Television Champion. Yes. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't know who the fourth person is. Daniel Garcia. Oh, okay. That's he son was of a in bitch. the match on that when son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. I'm sorry. I blocked out Daniel Garcia from my mind. <laughs> Because that fucking IWTV 100, I'm still mad at him and that little shit Yuta. All right. Uh, is that all of them? There is one more match, okay? Um, uh, it's the first uh, in the men's Owen uh, Cup tournament title thing, right? Okay. Um, uh, and oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, Kojima, right? Well, and who is he? Ta- right, and who is he taking on? Uh, God, I was just like some jobber guy, wasn't it? Like, I was like, why is this guy on the show? Correct. Okay. Uh, that would be, that would be Phil. Oh, Pepsi Phil. Okay. Pepsi Phil versus Kojima. All right. Well, I'll let Phil tell you who he's wrestling. You know, all Japan, Kojima, Lariat, Lariat, Lariat. You know, I know, you know, I just, the money is too 
What a disrespectful little prick. <laughs> that whole story uh, is great, but I'm glad Derek uh, Dillinger, friend of the show, tweeted just that clip to me. Because I had it queued up to play from like a, like the two and a half hour you shoot, you know, or like whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And then Derek sends me the 10-second clip, and I'm like, oh, perfect. This is all I need, right? <laughs> One of the greatest stories of all time. Anytime Kojima comes up, and I love Kojima. He's awesome. Uh, but you got to do Punk doing Homicide's voice, saying Kojima, Lariat, 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 because it's just such a stupid thing. I love it. All right, well, I, I think, like, I nailed the, the New Japan people. Right, the people that you know, the people that you're familiar with, yeah. the people that you watch on a regular basis. Yeah, right. I just think the, the, the Gaijins, were, that was the problem right there, you know? It's like, I just right. don't watch enough American wrestling to be familiar with them, you know? And right. Maybe maybe AEW should have done some, like, vignettes and stuff to let me know who these Americans are. Yeah, like, you know, like, I, I don't know who this CM Punk guy is, you know? Give <laughs> exactly. <more> <laughs> Yeah, like again, like I don't know how they're planning on getting casuals like me, like to just don't watch American wrestling. But uh, again, I'll watch it for the New Japan guys. So I'm looking forward to the show. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'm heading up to uh, soon to be named Network Studios North uh, <laughs> on Sunday to watch the show. North uh, because it's a higher elevation, not because it's further north. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um. This, you know, for the first Forbidden Door was, like, one of the best pay-per-views that AEW's put on top to bottom. And I think this definitely has the makings of. The only match that I can see being a problem is the MJF match. Because MJF's going to, like, is MJF going to come out and show people what he could do? Or is he going to, like, do shtick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Like, it's not the, if you had maybe invested 2023 mjf versus tanahashi for maybe five years ago it would be even more better but uh it's tough you know tanahashi's not what he used to be and as you said mjf you you don't know if you're gonna get mjf versus danielson version of mjf or you're gonna get like oh i'm gonna do the diamond ring thing five times right or i'm gonna kill wardlow's push mjf yeah yeah but i don't know like a lot of names, like so far announced that I'm interested in seeing, you know. So more, I'm sure they'll announce 17 more matches between. Because you said there was only we only named eight, so there's no way that this thing is anything less than 12 matches, you know. But when it, before it's done, yeah. And just in case people didn't see the spoilers, I don't want to give it out because it gets announced on Rampage this week, and I'm sure we'll probably get like at least one more match, I would guess. Uh, to put it like maybe like an even 11 matches. Um, but, you know, Tony tries to give you, uh, you know, your money's worth for these uh, pay-per-views, you know? Yeah. And this is this is Sunday? Sunday. God, you can't have a six-hour pay-per-view on a Sunday. I have to work the next day. Well, I, you know they're never going to have another Saturday pay-per-view ever because of oh, Phil and Friends. Oh, damn. Fuck, God damn it. Frickin' Phil. I didn't I was put, just to put that together just now. I, don't I was why. just thinking about that today because I think Money in the Bank next week is on a Saturday. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, this WWE doing the Saturday pay-per-views. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I wonder when AEW is going to do a Saturday pay-per-view again. I'm like, son of a bitch, collision Saturday <laughs> night now. God damn it. They'll never do a Saturday pay-per-view again. Oh, 
We didn't realize how good we had it until it's gone. Exactly. Get yet another thing to blame Phil for. I agree. Oh, fucker. All right. Let's get to some phone calls. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's Ben Pasco. It was, what a crazy week in wrestling. CM Punk's back. You know, we got Forbidden Door this weekend. And I got to ask the question everyone wants to know. What do you think is the largest animal you could take in a fight? Like, what's the most dangerous, <laughs> scary animal you could take? Because I think I could take one coyote, and I think that's my max ability. How about you guys? <laughs> I actually gave this some thought the other day, I swear to God. All right. <laughs> I saw a video, I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was on Facebook, but it was a guy that was at, like, an Australian petting zoo, and, like, a kangaroo was, like, getting up in his face and, like, kept taking jabs at him. And the guy was, like, he wasn't trying to fight the kangaroo. He was just trying to, like, grab the, the kangaroo's arms and, like, hold them to mm-hmm. keep him from getting punched in the face. And I thought to myself, I could fucking take that kangaroo. Like, I know a lot of people are, like, oh, kangaroos, will, they'll fuck you up. They'll fight you. And I'm, like, it's got, like, this tiny little neck that, like, you can wrap one hand around and, like... How many punches do you think it would take directly to the face of a kangaroo to knock it out? And I was like, I'm pretty sure I could take a kangaroo. Okay. So a lot of this comes to preparation. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to say that I'm Batman, (laughs) but I can certainly think like Batman. Like, is, is this being sprung on me? Or like I like I get to pick the animal and then I have like I'm not saying like okay I need to go into intensive training for the next eight <laughs> months so that I could beat up a coyote right yeah like I, I think that the the spirit of it is that like it's spur of the moment because if you have time to prepare then it's like okay I'll just always make sure I have a gun on me or I make sure no I no no have a like sharpened sword <laughs> okay so I think it's like with your bare hands okay okay. And I know Ben and Ben, thank you for your call. Um, I know Ben said like biggest, right? Yeah. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking deadly. I could probably take out a boa constrictor. Okay. Okay. Because if it I'm just prepared, reach around you. <laughs> right. Well, again, it could, but I like I know enough about like snakes and stuff. Like, not that I'm like Jake the Snake Roberts or something, but I think. <laughs> size and deadliness i could overcome a boa constrictor okay see i immediately was trying to go size and deadliness because if you take deadliness out of there like i can fucking kill a cow like what's a cow gonna do you know (laughs) i punch a cow in the face it's going down and then getting back up i win (laughs) exactly and listen we do not condone any sort of animal abuse whatsoever this is all hypothetical um uh, entertainment purposes only, allegedly, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. what happens if, like, one of these animals became rabid and you had to defend yourself? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the smaller ones, like like a weasel or, like, a skunk or something. I think a skunk would probably fuck me up, right? Because mm. it's speed. I'm looking for something that's, like, deadly, big, and not super fast. So that's why I lean on bow. I'm going to go with boa constrictor. All right. I like that question. That was good. That was a good one. Uh, next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Uh, looks like it was a very fun LVAC last weekend. Can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, we've got AIW show coming up for Ben Dorothy. Oh, my gosh. There's so much going on. And someone I don't know. was in the ring against Eddie Kingston. 
And someone said something like that just it hit me right away on dynamite. Um, if if they're behind you, you protect them. If they're next to you, you respect them. And if they're in front across from you, you destroy them. I'm just like, holy shit, what a line! That was great. And I was thinking, you know, you guys going out after shows sometimes. Elvac, uh, Chikara back in the day, AIW, you know, going out. So I'm I'm just curious, Stone Adam, um, where do you stand if if a fight's about to take place at a at a bar after the show? <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, uh, are you behind them? Are you next to them, fighting alongside? I gotta imagine you're not across from them. Or do you see it coming and go, "Fuck this, I'm out. I'm gonna go home. I'm not gonna be a part of this." Uh, and who knows? Maybe a story comes out of this. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to the show, guys. And of course, looking forward to Patreon. Let's discuss Body Slam some more. Now that I probably have the Guinness World Record for most words written about the movie. Um, <laughs> And no homework for two weeks. What am I going to do? I don't know. Take a break, I guess. Maybe I'll work on writing other stuff. Can't wait for show. Can't wait for tonight, you guys. Can't wait for a lot of good wrestling this weekend. Talk to you later. <laughs> uh, before we answer the question, I, we didn't mention it earlier. I will mention it here. Obviously, tonight's show homework over on Patreon is us covering Body Slam. This will be the second time you've gotten to plug it, or I'm sorry, review it on a podcast. My first time, but uh, we'll be recording that later on tonight, and that will be dropping tonight on our Patreon. Yes. Um. So, uh when it comes to a fight like this, and obviously I, I know the situation that Kevin is talking about. It was inspired by Eddie and Mox on Dynamite this week. Um, I'm going to assume that it's not Eddie and Mox for the scenario, <laughs> or even if it is, right? Yeah. Um, there is a fourth option, okay? And the fourth option is to defuse the situation, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a fifth option, which is this shit's between you all. I'm going to distract or draw the attention of the authorities or the people in charge so they don't call the authorities. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if he implied because he was like, oh, if you're going out after a show, you know, uh, like if I if if there's alcohol involved, I don't know if you know this about me, Joe. Uh, I, I, I tend to think I'm tougher than I actually am. So, like, I, I'm not like a, a run away from stuff or so, like, there's certain scenarios where I'm, I'm detrimental to my own well-being, and uh, there are stories that I won't tell them on the show, <laughs> but uh, that might be a Patreon thing down the road. Adam's uh, youth misspent. Um, but, like, I'm not going to, like, you know, run away, and if it's a buddy of mine, I'm not going to let them get their ass kicked, but at the same time, I got, I'm going to give the person an ocular pat-down and see if I'm going to get my ass kicked, so business decisions are made, you know? <laughs> Right, I get you. Um, yeah, but that's a, it's an interesting uh, question there. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, and again, if it was a fucking kangaroo, I'll fucking fight him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here. Uh, first off, I'd like to apologize. Uh, my hubris got the better of me, and I then received... Food poisoning from Ronald's. Yeah, decided to try that Grimace shake and uh, got some uh, food poisoning because I was like, eh, I've never, I haven't had nuggets in a while. Well, uh, rest assured, I won't be having them soon enough again. Um, I don't care what Mayor McCheese says. I'm going to kill 
of the fucking Grimace. All righty. Oh, yeah. So, uh, this weekend, um, I know y'all have gone through. Does Joe know the card for AIW? <laughs> oh. This weekend. Um, Friday? Yeah, Friday. That's tomorrow. So, um, because we've got uh, Devon Dudley coming in, um, give me some recommendations about the Dudley boys. Um, I don't know as much. You know, it's probably sacrilege to say I don't know as much about them um, from their time in ECW. So, um, obviously, um, you know, having a little bit of a focus there. But if there's any, like, less than um, some of their less referred to uh, matches um, outside of, you know, some of the bigger ones in the WWF. Uh, just, uh, yeah, so let me know. Thank you. Other JB, that's on me. Uh, I, I did not prepare for as much for the show because of uh, just feeling like crap. So I didn't have the AIW card in front of me, or I would have done a Does Joe Know the Card. Uh, also, I'm not seeing Mr. Arthur MacArthur's name listed on these voicemails, so he was supposed to call in and plug it. So really, let's all blame Artie. I'm a, I understand that that's probably the reason. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, um, your best so- buddy, Bully Ray. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, uh, I do apologize. Um, you have to have, you know, we talked before um, how Adam had Denny's. And if you're not prepared for that sort of food at a certain time in your life, yeah. then it will really fuck you up. And JB takes me as someone who doesn't regularly dine out at shitty fast food. You have to have an iron constitution like I do, yeah. where you can eat that shit food sometimes two, three times a day, and it doesn't affect you. Yeah, once again, other GB calling in and being like, I'm in great shape, but I still splurge every once in a while on some tasty treats and always rubbing in our face. Nothing wrong with a little tasty treat, right? (laughs) So Devon's in. I don't think Devon's had a ton of singles matches. I know that he had a run as the TNA TV champion. I thought you were going to go with, like, Deacon Devon. Oh, right. So he even had a run as, like, Deacon Devon Dudley, where he was feuding on Velocity with a (laughs) free rapper gimmick John Cena. Ruthless Aggression Cena. Right. So if you just want to see an oddity of, like, Devon Dudley, like, handing John Cena his lunch on a weekly basis, that's interesting. (laughs) I think it goes without saying, um... The three TLC matches with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys, right? Yeah, yeah. One of the best modern era stunt show, um, you know, whatever. There was the one at SummerSlam, then the WrestleMania one, and then I think they ended up doing a third one on, like, a random episode of SmackDown that had Benoit and Jericho in it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you're looking at all these other moving pieces in, in the in the in the match as well. You got gimmicks, you got ladders, you got tables, you got multiple people, right? I will say, dark horse candidate would be the Dudleys against the Eliminators from ECW Barely Legal. Okay, and it's not a thing where you just watch the match. You have to watch the entrance, the promo, and then the match. It's like the entire package of everything. It was a fantastic opener for a pay-per-view that, listen, I was there. 
I, I look at that show with rose-colored glasses, but overall, that is not a good wrestling show. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I would say, like, outside of the Sabu Taz piece of business, the Dudley's Eliminators thing is probably the second best thing on that card. Okay. I, I it's No surprise, I have no recommendation. There you go. <laughs> um... So thank you for the calls, everyone. We burned off Ed's calls later. I'm not going to play them again. You can go back and listen to them later. Um, We mentioned the Patreon, of course. Uh, We have the Body Slam review coming up later on tonight. We have my interview with Mantis coming out on Monday. Um, There's always back catalog stuff there. You know, point your RSS feed at it, and you'll get this show as well. (laughs) If you're paying for things, and you'll just get everything all at once without having like, oh, here's the main show, and then here's the Patreon show, you're paying for it, get everything all in one spot, save yourself the trouble with whatever the hell podcatcher you're using, which is an RSS feed full of, or a text file full of RSS feeds like I do. Um, and I, I will just say, uh, I have been updating uh, at oddswrestling.com slash Patreon, and what it has is if you are looking for any particular show that we do, uh, whether it be like the show homework, like Ms. Movies or the uh, conversations with Joe or whatever, it's all like grouped together by like the type of show it is. So you can just go over there and just click on like if you just want to do the conversations with Joe, they're all next to each other because I know that like kind of searching through patreon on the app or on the website is a pain in the ass especially if you're looking for something that's like from a couple months ago so go check out the website for that um mentioned jerry's internet wrestling emporium before uh you know jerry wasn't at bowling today sadly Mm. um so i miss seeing his beautiful face uh use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber um let's jerry know that you came to him from us and we get a little bit of a kickback um, if you continue your subscription there, uh, we mentioned it earlier as well over at smartmarkvideo.com, the MP3 or the MP4 and the DVD of this past Friday's Let's Hang Out event is there. The links for those will be in the show notes for this episode. Um, and they'll be in there until like the next LVAC show. That's typically how I do those sort of things. Um, the T public sale is going on now, 35% off everything until Sunday. And you can get at odds with wrestling inspired stuff, soon to be named network inspired stuff on everything from shirts to cell phone covers to notebooks and everything in between. Uh, another way that you could help us out is by making any and all of your eBay purchases through our eBay affiliate link. When you click on links to various merchants on this site to make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to, the eBay partner network. Yeah, and I have a complaint because I listened to, I don't know if it, oh. was, if it was Longbox Heroes or Longbox Heroes After Dark, but you said that over the last, I don't know whether it was like a week or a month, that Longbox Heroes finally had more eBay sales, like click-throughs than at odds. Yes. And shame on the at odds listeners for allowing those those stinking comic book nerds to beat you what? Uh, like like wrestling fans spend more money than comic book fans all right we buy wrestling figures we buy t-shirts we buy cool things those comic nerds just buy like comics like Puh, who buys comics other than me and you and pretty much everybody on the network not named brett uh so like we need to rally and restore at odds to the back back to the top of the eBay performance lists. 
Right. And just to show you here, um, you know, Adam can see this. It's not like we're making millions and millions of dollars, you know? Yeah. It's like a, they have 75 cents to our 63 cents. Yeah. Uh, so running the report now as we speak. Uh, so you could see here, this is the at odds number yep. for the month. Yep, yep. And then. Here is the Longbox Heroes number for the month. Look Jesus at that. Christ. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that money. My cut of that. Boy, howdy. I'm going to get myself a diet. I'm going to get myself a fancy diet root beer. <laughs> Derek, I know you're listening to this. Buy yourself a fancy one of one Finn Balor card for like 500 bucks. Push us back over this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, speaking of purchases, it's time for Adam's favorite part of the show. But before we do that, Longbox Heroes. Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes, after our final wrestling place, we need wrestling, porch talk, viewer's choice, indie wrestling guide, wings on wings, hi, Abusi. Thank you. Play my jingle. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. Figures will be bought. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just want to get their plugs in there. You know, nah, everything, everything, everything goes screw. How about that? <laughs> I like it. All right, cool. Uh, they're probably a bunch of kangaroo lovers in there, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like Ed would like Ed would own a kangaroo and not think he's being ironic about it, you know? Right. Yeah, this seems to make sense. Anyways, uh, Joe, uh, did you buy anything this week? I did. I have a couple purchases myself. Yes. Oh, why don't you go ahead and start? All right. So, um, you know, obviously redoing the TV entertainment center, you know, upgraded to the Blu-ray player, got the second docking station for the Switch, uh, got the um the snes mini out there um and the tv that i have only has two inputs for hdmi so i had to get the hdmi splitter last week i know i could have got one for free but it felt better getting whatever the problem is now i gotta make sure so everything has an hdmi cable but the problem is everything has these ridiculously long hdmi cables right Mm-hmm. The one HDMI cable that I had previously for my Xbox that I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to repurpose this. It literally was a 50 foot cable, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I went, I bought like a pack of three, like really short ones. I think they're like two, two and a half feet long. So I bought three of those so that like everything kind of fits where it needs to go. So there's not tons of cords all over the place, right? Mm hmm. So that was just a little thing to kind of clean up the back of the entertainment center. Okay. Um, I, I I don't know if I mentioned this last time you were you know talking about your cabling, but uh, my cabling behind my TV, like every time I, I add a new wire and don't need an old one, I just leave the old one back there. <laughs> right. So. I, I mentioned on After Dark when I did it initially, it was like 
Here's the cord for my DirecTV that I have not had DirecTV in eight years. Here's the phone line that you had to plug into the DirecTV box so that yeah. you could like order stuff through like a coaxial cable, like a through like whatever the phone cord was, right? Those cords were just laying back there. There was like four just cords not connected to anything, just thrown behind my TV. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I purchased, and I really wasn't in the market for this at all, but I literally only bought it because Praternia sent out a thing saying they were on sale, and that's like the death of me for most stuff. Uh, I'm going to shoot you a text message just so you can take a quick look at it. Um, but you're familiar with the mini mates, which are basically just like little Lego size figures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they had, I guess for San Diego Comic-Con last year, uh, a mini mate box set of transformers. Okay. The box was made to look like a VHS tape. Uh, and I and don't want to uh, go yeah, down. It's, the and it's like done in the, like the animated style. Sure. Yeah. And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like buying like regular release mini mates of like transformers. Cause there's been like multiple series. But I'm like, all right, if there's, I, I know they announced a new box set for this year, San Diego. Um, and I'm like, all right, if it's just one a year, and this was $12 on Amazon, so I'm like, fucking $12 for is nothing, you know, so I'll buy that all day. So I picked that up on a whim just because I think it looks cool. Cool. What else did you get? So the other thing that I got was, uh, you know, let's say it's a digital item, right? Mm-hmm. But in my world, digital items are okay as long as they're Pokemon. <laughs> Um, so they do Pokemon Go Fest a couple times throughout the year, but usually it's in like Japan or Brazil or whatever. Right. Mm. And right at like the start of the pandemic, they had one planned in Philly and they canceled it. Son of a bitch. Right. And with good cause. Listen, (laughs) Um, so this year is the first time that it's back on the East Coast. Um, they're doing one in New York. Now, listen, it's a three-day event. Um, there's different times that you can go. It's, you know, different parts of New York where you can sign up for the whole thing. But the three of us, me, myself, uh, yeah, me, myself, me, my wife, and my son, we're just doing one day of it. We're doing the later in the day one. We did our New York, New York trip last year. We had a good time with that. But, like, this time, like, we're going to do our New York trip, but then we have our dedicated Pokemon thing that we're doing, and you get extra bonuses, and there's certain things that you can only catch during this time, and whatever it is. And I, my kid doesn't know this, but I also paid to get him the exclusive event shirt for it as well. Oh, there right. you go. Is so, he allowed to wear it, or does he have to keep it, like, in a shelf because it's going to be worth money? He could do whatever the hell he wants with it. It's his. You know what uh-huh. I mean? All right. I, I say it all the time. I've got tens of thousands of dollars worth of comic books that <laughs> when I die, it's his decision of how quickly he throws them all out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, though it, it was it's it's costly. It's like 25 bucks a person, and the shirt was 25 bucks as well, and then fees and everything else like that. But it's something my kid really wanted to do, but I'm paying for myself to do it too because I like the Pokemon Go, and I get to go and catch some uh, – you know, I get to go catch a DNC that nobody else can catch, right? Yeah. Um, now, is this in addition to being able to do the stuff on the game? Like, is it also like, are there vendors just selling like Pokemon stuff? 
Don't know. We've never been. This will be our first time going, so I have no idea what to expect. I know what it's like. A lot, like it's a lot of them trying to build like the community and making friends and stuff like that. And they'll have like character things where they'll have people dressed up as the different Pokemon that you can go get your pictures with. And if you've ever seen or played the Pokemon Go game, there's like these little discs that you could spin to get stuff, right? Okay. They have like, and it's just like you know, it's not real, but at these Aww. events, they have them there for real. Okay. You know, and I think it's just going to be a cool thing for my kid to be like, he's going to go get his picture taken with the person the Pikachu got. He's going to get his picture taken next to the Pokestop. It's going to be like a thing for him. And listen, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be cool for me too, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I was just curious if it was one of those things where you walk in, you you catch your Pokemon, and then like, all right, you did what you need to do. Here's your shirt. See you later. Or if there's like other stuff, you know. So it's like, I think when you pay for your time there, it's like a three hour block where you're getting exclusive events and exclusive prizes and exclusive in-game content that you can get. But in that three hours that you're there, you can go and do all of these other things. Now, granted, just like anything else, when you buy it, like, hey, you want to add on the shirt, you want to add on the this, you want to add on the that, you want to add on the this. And I'm sure that they'll probably have stuff like that there mm-hmm. for us to, because like obviously you're there, they want your money. You know, they already got your yeah. money, but they want more of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I did not buy anything else. What? I spent twelve dollars this week. Adam, How- are you, are, you definitely are not feeling well. <laughs> that that is true. Uh, that is true. However, I have a question and then a follow up uh, that may dictate my my purchases. So I'm actually this is I know I'm confusing you. I'm sending you something on Twitter because it's a tweet. Oh no! And I I DM you on Twitter. And my question for you is: Is that Bruce or is that Jean Paul Valley? Because that will determine whether I need to drop $100 on a Mayfax figure. I feel as though I saw people posing that, getting the whooping. Yeah. So I think that's Bruce. Yeah, because I saw, because they're also releasing a, a matching Bane figure. And like you said, the picture was, you know, Bane breaking Batman. And I'm like, okay, well, that's clearly... You know, Bruce, the only reason I thought it could be Azrael is because the one picture he's got, like, kind of like a maniacal grin on his face. But I'm like, that's also Kelly Nolan's, like, art style. Like, he right. would draw Bruce, like, kind of sadistic looking like that. So I don't want to buy a figure of a guy who loses to Bane. I want to only buy figures of the people that beat Bane. Sure. So I just want to make sure that uh, I don't need this, correct? You do not need this. Now, why does one of the Batman heads have uh, a pacifier? <laughs> I thought that too. I guess it's like a like a like a rebreather for being underwater or like gas or something like that. I don't remember. All right. Um but before before I go on, do you have anything else? No, that was it. All right. Uh, I, I will just say one of the reasons why I haven't bought anything this week, other than, like I said, that Transformers impulse purchase, uh, I am circling like a shark around my big boy purchase, which is the Azrael Funko Pop. And every time I'm about to drop like, oh, I'll just buy that for 20, I'll buy that for 50 or whatever. I'm like, do I really need that? 
I could take that 20 or that 50 or whatever, and that's that's 20 or 50 that I'm closer to buying the the Azrael Funko uh, because the prices have stabilized. So I kind of know what I'm going to have to pay, Joe. And uh, it's not pleasant, but I just want to make sure you know that I right now I'm just at the point where there are there are a couple on eBay that are at the price point that I I don't want to say I'm comfortable with spending, but that I've accepted that I have to spend. Uh, I'm just looking for one that's in like perfect shape because I'm like I'm going to drop uh, many hundreds of dollars on a Funko Pop that at the very least I need it to be in mint condition, you know. So uh, that's why I haven't made the per- I haven't made any purchases this past week or so. Um, but coming soon, hopefully, uh, an exorbitantly expensive Funko Pop because people have been calling me out, Joe, saying that the real Michael Jordan of Azrael Figure Collecting would already have one, and uh, it's really pissing me off. So I'm working on it. Well, listen, you you've made this bad. Now you have to lie in it. You know, and I will lie in it. I will, but uh, right. that's why I haven't. Uh, it's I've been keeping things kind of relatively slow. But we also have San Diego Comic Con pre-orders that I'm sure will be out the wazoo in the next couple weeks. You know, yeah, and you know, it's 30th anniversary of the Asriel stuff that you like. Yeah, um, one would ex- you know, there's stuff that's like Nightfall, whatever that's coming out hot and heavy now. One could only imagine that something at least I, w- I would assume at least one thing would get announced in San Diego that's like as bats related. Yeah, and I was I wasn't even thinking as bad on that. I just meant like, hey, what's the WWE San Diego exclusive going to be? Oh this year? yeah, what's, sure. yeah. What's the AEW like? What are the fu- regular Funkos? And here's a Marvel Legends and like so I know that. Uh, like at any day now, we're going to get inundated with stuff that I need to order that way too, you know? Right. But yeah, I've been a good boy lately, but we'll see what happens over the next week. But an that's all I got. The, an eye to the future though, for future purchases. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. You know me, financially responsible. Yes. That's what they always say about you. <laughs> exactly. It'll be on my tombstone if I can afford one. Right. Uh, so, oh, it's. So- just to close things up, so uh, at the bowling alley, they have one of those, like, it's a ripoff, you know? It's like, oh, you get in, it, sim- it simulates like you're in a windstorm or whatever. Okay. Um, And I <laughs> I said to my kid, joking around, this is the joking that I do, I go, when I die, this is what I want for my casket. <laughs> he thought it was funny. His buddy thought it was funny. My wife didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> Oh, and I have one other real quick burial for you. you oh, me? Yes, you doing things with the family, whatever. I saw that you went to your local flea market and you saw giant <laughs> photos of Stacy Keebler as Super Stacy, and those were like a bargain at thrice the price, sir. You should have bought those. So he- here's what I'll tell you: they weren't giant. They were like maybe like four by six. Um, I don't know if they came framed or if this guy framed them, uh-huh. um, but based on the thick coat of dust that I had to blow off them before I took the picture, <laughs> I have a feeling that if I go there this Sunday, <laughs> next Sunday, the Sunday after that, or even the Sunday after that, that they'll probably still be there. And I know it had a price tag of $5 on it. I could probably talk them down to three. <laughs> I just say that when the time to buy a framed Super Stacy photo is when you see one. That's all. You never leave one on the shelf. But that's now I'm done. I swear. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And thank you listeners for listening. 
Uh, this was episode 247 of At Odds With Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.